You've clicked on the Punters Preamble. My name's Jake Altieri. I'm stepping in for Simon Dinopoulos this week. But Adam Blanco joins us as he always does. And Blanks, where is the highest rated horse going around anywhere in the world this weekend? Anywhere in the world, it is at Newbury on Saturday night, the highest rated horse. Man of promise for Charlie Appleby and James Doyle on William Buick off, which I see as a positive. I don't know if many people do, but I think James Doyle is a better jockey than William Buick. Interesting take. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. I, th- I assume everyone sees the world like I do, but hmm, maybe it is an interesting take. But anyway, I think that's a positive. He comes out from behind Nature Strip last time, blown off the park by the mighty Nature Stripe at Royal Ascot. Uh, having been slightly disappointing as an even-money favourite in the big Group 1 sprint, the Alquaz in Dubai before that. But he earned his uh, he earned his spot as an even-money favourite in that Group 1 with the same run that he earned his place as the highest-rated horse going around this weekend anywhere in the world. And that was in the, the main lead-up there, which he won by five. Things obviously went really well for him. But he did smash a Group 1 winner, a case of you, to absolute bits there. Um Third and fourth were only 105 Raiders, so there was, but they were more than seven lengths away. So, um, yeah, if he if he can return to that sort of form, and he's back to 1200 here, which is probably a plus for him. I think it was interesting back to a thousand last time, but I think back to 1200 probably suits more. Um, certainly not worse. Uh, and if he returns to that form, I think he, sh- I would have thought he would have been favourite. And I was playing around a bit of Monte Carlo madness, and he wins. More even with the sort of disappointing runs, and only slightly disappointing really behind Nature Strip, and, and even in his uh, his failed Group One run there in Dubai, he still wins a lot more than any of the others. So I, I would have thought Rowan and um, a couple of the others, a couple of interesting horses in there for for sure and certain. But um, Minzal, who I thought shaped well at York, but they don't win as often as Man of Promise, and he is the highest rated horse in the world this weekend. And of course, not much going on. In the land down under this weekend, but the Denoe pops up at Eagle Farm in a class six plate, albeit. First up for the new stable is Bottega. Yeah, first up for, for Lee Friedman. I had a little look through. So he's had 37 horses so far, Lee, in his um, return, Queen, in Queensland his return Renaissance. Yeah. Uh, only two of them are rated higher than 90. He's got, a, he's got a nice two-year-old. In fact, he's got a 100-rated two-year-old called Yiska, who's three from three. You probably... That's on the that's on people's radars. He's also got Intrepidatious, who's rated ninety eight, but she's going nowhere. Uh, and Batiga probably isn't going anywhere in a great hurry at this point in his life, either. So but, does he um, follow the same precedence as the mighty Kalashnikov, the black opal horse, the mighty black opal horse, the mighty black opal horse? Um, I think he's established at a much better level than the mighty black opal horse, but probably with less promise. How old is Kalashnikov now? Well, we haven't seen him for a little while. He, yeah. He'd be a four-year-old now, almost. Okay. Um, is he with Lee as well? Yeah, so he's trialled a couple times up there. With the blinkers on, he's gone well. Okay. So, one to watch out for for the future. But Bottega, don't know. He's a short price. Well, yeah, he's um, he's a short price, but on strictly on ratings, he finds one of these class six plates. So, he finds himself down the bottom of the weights um, with better form than all these other horses. But he has slipped out to 800 days, 13 runs without a win. Uh, and he, he'll be first up here and, and hoping that, that Lee can sort of switch him on. But even if you look at his losing string of ratings, they're, um, they're a good bit ahead of what... I mean, the market throws up C. Marie as the, the biggest danger. Flanders Rain was good on her debut for, for Christian Buchanan. She'd lost her way down in Melbourne. She'd been under my nose and she was just going, but... Um, 
she was back to something like her best, even though she was well well beaten. She only finished at midfield, but she was in you know, thrown to the wolves a, a little bit there behind Palasapan. Um, pretty much back around something like her best. She's a good trainer, Christian Buchanan. And of course, Flanders reign a leg of the Saturday multi. Well, yeah, I yeah, okay. I would have I would have thought Batika would have found found his way into the multi. No, just we just got Flanders reign to place. Jeez, oh, place. Come on. <laughs> don't don't wind me up on here. We've got to really get this through. Um, Annabelle's got one in there as well. But again, more than number one. So the winning rating there is 93. You go through Batiga, last preparation, even disappointing. Goes 99, 95, 95 because he's around better horses. Um, and does have, you know, fifth in the, the Golden Eagle, 105. These are in recent enough to still consider them somewhat. And a couple of hundred and threes to start the campaign before that around Gemsong and Yadash. Um Yeah, so I don't know. There's a there's a chance there that he's long odds on, you know, based on, on the, that sort of array of ratings. But then of course there's a chance that two dollars forty is absolute poison because he's first up and um he hasn't done a lot of winning and he might have just completely lost his way. But he was formerly um, he was formerly very talented, very promising, and then Nash ran into a whole bunch of dead ends on him and then, yeah, he lost his way. But he's lost his way all the way into a race that he is better than. I was so. going to say, is it just the colours? I feel like him, Bottega, and alongside Standout is the other one. They always Standout. seem to have a little bit of spooking about him and it's always like, ah, next start, oh, mm, next and start. It, and it just always, maybe I'm, conf- maybe I'm getting runs confused in my head, but it, it always feels like it was Nash. Nash just stitching him up. Now that you've said it. Yeah, I could be wrong. I can't remember exactly, but um, I feel like I've seen those colours and Nash's uh, elbows flailing in the breeze in behind a wall of horses more than once. Um, yeah, very interesting Dunno, I reckon, Batiga. Exactly. 240, 250 out there, which is probably, as I said, if you were a robot just playing numbers, would be probably a good bet if you're a... Um, if you're thinking a bit more creatively, you might think he's lost his way. But surely Lee Friedman, he hasn't, as I said, he hasn't had a lot of good ammo up there yet. But Batiga would be, well, if we were very kind and, and rated him off some of his better better runs, he'd be the best horse in Friedman's yard. So a um, surely something at the front of his mind and a bit of a project horse. And if he's a project horse for a trainer as good as Lee Friedman, he can um, we can trust that he'd be somewhere near his his form. And if that's the case, he's a bet. But I don't know. And Speaking of project horses, mm-hmm. one in Sydney that returns from a long break, head of state. He was he was an honourable dono. Honor, yeah, mention. an honourable mention for a dono this week. Mm. Where do we sort of sit with him? He's, I think he was $7.50 in the market before we came on. Yeah, I mean, he's probably a dono that I, um, well, probably do know. No, I I could pass over him pretty quickly, even though he did win that gloaming really well. He rounded up Profondo and then the Derby place getters, Benno and... Um, Allegron rounded them up and, and shaped best of all, shaped better than the result. Like run that really, really well. Um, clearly went a miss in the spring champion itself. Had two, I saw he had two trials in January so he cl- and beaten a dozen lengths in both of them, so he's clearly not come up. No, nah, so he put up with cardiac arrhythmia after the, in the spring champion and I'm pretty sure the second trial back in January, he, also, he pulled up with it again. I did see a story somewhere along the line or – a tweet or saying that Chris Wallace really got to manage his electrolyte levels. I'm not sure if that's wow. um, BS or if I've just absolutely had a mare there, but there is a bit of a issue oh, with him. And I'm sure they are managing his electrolyte levels. I didn't know it was the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, 
they want to keep him hydrated. Well, I mean, you can't really run on an empty tank, can you? No. Um, yeah, so he's he was an honourable Dunno mention. But in the end, Batiga gets it because we really don't know. Whereas with Head of State, first up Chris Waller in general and then all sorts of um, alarm bells around him, I think Dunno tips into I know. Yeah. I know that I can leave that one well alone. Head of State sort of seems like a just get this run out of the way and yeah, see how he pulls up sort of thing. Let's see again. Uh, the Bizarro this week, we had a bit of trouble finding it the usual way where we found we look for one under the odds, but Blanks, you found one that seems bizarrely over the odds. Potentially, I think, yeah. Yeah, we I went better better mention Flemington. It's not a bad meeting at Flemington and, and went looking for a bizarre favourite. I think all the favourites are as a couple that I didn't quite mark favourite, but as a general rule, there's a string through the middle of the card of short price favourites and of, of course they are. They're not really they're not bizarre. Um you could argue that they're too short or, or no value, but you couldn't argue that they shouldn't be favourite, I don't think. Horses like Squid Game, I mean, he's bumped into a couple of superstars and run really well and be dead unlucky to, to run into one that good again. Um, but low percentage pattern, do you really want to chase 220? Maybe not, but he should be. Paddy's in certainly form. certainly take 350. Yeah, well, he's always in form, always in form. Um, and there's a few like that, but um, yeah, the the best race on the card for, for sure and certain is the race where Mankayan is favourite and that's not bizarre in itself. Um but it's an interesting race to price up because you've got the fit horses who are up and about now, Diaguilar and, and Mankayan, and he's a shocker, have all got strong wins over the winter and tie into one another as well. And that's all really very solid form. And then you've got a couple that are, have probably got their eyes deeper into the spring and, and interpretation is the uh, the big profile horse on, on that score. And if he's ready to go first up, he's got a, a great profile. But um, one that I was a, a bit interested in who probably fits somewhere in the middle of those two categories is Kipps because he's had two runs over the winter, but I still think he's probably a horse. He's got to win something. He's got to start. I think that's probably why he's up and going as early as he is. He's, he's sort of got to, got to qualify himself for, for some of these races that he'll be hoping to, to get into and, and play a part in. And I think he's good enough to, you know, probably not a major, but I think he's good enough to develop into a Geelong Cup or a Bendigo Cup horse or something like that. They're the horses I love. They are the ones you like. They're the ones you look for. Yeah, and he comes up twenty six dollars here, so he comes up as the. And I think it's got a lot to do with the order of, of things, um, which is fair enough because the order of things is somewhat predictive, but not hugely so. And had Kips run his first up run second up, and his second up run first up. Does that make sense? <laughs> I, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Then I, you know, things would be, you know, twenty six dollars would be a, a massive price. I would suggest so. Um. I think last start beaten a dozen lengths, but that was a race that took a lot of winning behind Visionari and, and Chief Altoni. He's seven to one there, so he's held a place in the market against them. Um, staying at a mile on the heavy track, maybe not ideal. I, I, I don't, I don't want to throw it up as the the sole excuse, but I think it can be one of several little bits of excuse if you like. So he's you know, heavy track sand down, very different. I know it's still listed as heavy at Flemington, but Flemington to heavy sand down is very different. Um, stayed at a mile and, and maybe just a little bit flat second up. He was over a year off the scene before the first up run, which was behind. He's a shocker where he got into an awful spot. I mean, essentially they, they rode him just to blow the cobwebs off, but um, his late splits were awesome and, and said he was every bit as good as the winner, even a bit better than the winner on the day. So, um, And that's he's a shocker who's front of house here. Um, so, yeah, I think if had he done that last start, I mean, he's hard in in the betting. Of course, he didn't do that last start, so we are dealing with something different. But it is potentially a bizarre price, twenty six dollars for a horse that's you know I think fits in there. I mean, a horse like Blue Cup, who's his his stable mate there with a similar profile, 
um, is four to one in the early market, and I I would struggle to make a case that Blue Cup is a much better, if at all, horse than Kips. So that's a really interesting race. There's a lot going on there, but Kips was the one that the market just chucked him out on the back of getting well beaten last start. But I think there is a bit more to Kips, and two thousand meters here could bring that out. You touched on one through all of that in interpretation. We did have uh, the whole crew, really, the Melbourne crew, the Sydney crew, all come down to the Canberra office during the week. And one fellow in particular, Trent Krebin, was uh, just saying, this is the Melbourne Cup horse interpretation. Get on, 50 to 1, get on. Yeah. Do you follow suit? Uh, no, I'll see him. But I no, I, I fully understand the um, I fully understand the appeal. He's run... You know, he's won three on the bounce and then he's shaped up and measured up in a innocent ledger over there behind Hurricane Run, which was strongly run and in a good time figure out of that and then he was pretty good in France. So yeah, I get it. He's a extremely well handicapped horse if he's um if he's ready to go, like getting into these sort of races. He's a comes down with a proper cups profile. So they can go one of two ways, right? But a horse like him develops into a, a proper cups horse, you you hardly fall off your chair. Best yeah. bets time. Yeah, do you want to throw one up? Yeah, well, if we go to Sydney, obviously Simodonopoulos out and about, but we've come up with Combella Fee in race five, number you six. You didn't say that was going to be your best. You said you were going to Hong Kong. You're yeah, the Hong we'll Kong get, man. We'll get to Hong Kong in a minute. Well, you're going to throw up multiples. Oh, yeah, in a little bit. We're only we're only 14 minutes in. It's all right. Uh, wrap it up, wrap it up. Come on. All right, so Combella Fee <laughs> in Rose Hill and Hong Kong. It's the final meeting of their season. Uh, at Shartin on Saturday as well, so you can throw these wherever you like and make sure to keep up to date with all of that at racingandsports.com with the live stream and things like that. Uh, Turin Red Sun uh, pops up in race eight. He was beaten in a photo last start in group three company. He only gets in with 55 kilos here, albeit a class one. And most importantly, he gets Zach Purton in the saddle, who, of course, is vying for the Jockeys' Championship. Oh, where are we at with that? So it's all tied Set up. Set the scene. It's all so. Oh. Here we go. Purton led by two, leading into Wednesday's Happy Valley meeting. Joe Marrera's come out and gone bang, bang, ridden a double. So it's all tied up, leading into the final meeting of the season in the Jockeys' Premiership there. And this is Sunday, live on Racing and Sports. Saturday. Oh. Live on Racing and Sports. And, yeah, so you can watch the live stream at racingandsports.com as well as get all your form and tips and analysis. So Turin Red Sun, race eight, number seven. We'll go with him. And one I want to throw up at... Going again. No, this one could be a bit of a price, fingers crossed. So he's up in class, down in weight... His name's Jumbo Fortune, race 10, number 14. He formerly known as Safe. So that might be that a... Fam- the Hawks horse. Hawks horse. Yeah, okay. In the mighty Zabrowski colours back in the day. The mighty Zabrowski. So found his way to Hong Kong. He took a bit of time to get going, but he looked back to the some... famous wa- Euro Angel colours. Who is it? Who's the <laughs> other one? No, <laughs> dr- he's, a dr- he's not the Dreamforce colours too, is it? They're, they're, uh, a, bit, they're no, a bit darker. No, they're a bit different. They're a bit different. So, yeah, so Jumbo Fortune uh, up in grade, down in the weight, but Marrera sticks for fans. So I think if he pops up sort of $7 plus or around that mark, he should be a nice little each way bet. But we'll stick closer to home, Blanks, and oh, Melbourne. We're going again. We'll go to Melbourne. Ah, okay. Beyond Kips, I will. Um, I threw up Dotona Bay in, what is it, race eight? Three odd race. Good race, actually. Uh, but Daytona Bay comes through the Cardinal Gem race, which was an absolute mess around Caulfield last time. Slow tempo, but he was 
you match motors basically in a squibby test of late speed around Aaron Bay and, and Cardinal Gem, which is good form. But I think he did enough there to say that with a stronger tempo, he would run a better race. I think he might actually want a mile soon enough, Daytona Bay. So that might be one little sticking point. But he gets Jamie Carr for this as well. Moody, Carr, good horse, untapped horse. Um, there's some appeal in that. That sounds all right, doesn't it? Well, Carl's back with a bang on Wednesday too. Boom, Tish. 